All right. Good morning, everybody. Yeah, I'm kind of crazy. Got some sicknesses going on. It's kind of I'm on the back end of mine. Uh, Patty just didn't want to come just because she's always real close with the kids back in the back. So, um, and then the readers are gone today. Um, actually, uh, Mike Reader went to a family reunion, and Tim and Esther decide to go with them. So kind of at the last minute there, they'll be traveling back. They'll be back for evening service um, tonight. So uh, anyway, speaking of evening service tonight, what you see up on the board is a lot of what we do on Sunday evenings. We have an outline. We usually go through a book. It's very practical uh, teaching. And so when you see three-wig ad and Edval and weird things like that, that's just scrambled words that turn into the words there, we kind of have fun with it as we, as we go along. We're going to be starting a new series called One Another, which is talking about the church and us together and, and binding together. And it's, to really, it's a really good book, um, and so uh, you, you'll enjoy that if, you, if you're able to, to come. Now, <clears throat> something I've been talking to Tim Reeder about, um, I, I knew with the new baby coming, um, and he's building a house now, and there's all sorts of things going on. He needed a little bit of a, a break. So, and his dad has, has filled in, and, and he's been, been great. And um, so, with both of them gone, you get me. Um, but I've been talking to Tim about Sunday school and where to go from here. We're looking at getting another curriculum, perhaps, or whatever we might do. And so I came up with the thought of, you know, we really need to kind of survey everybody to see how things are going. So what I'm going to do at the end of the message this morning, I'm going to give you a piece of paper, and I have about five questions for you. I'll tell you what those are first, okay, um, which will be helpful so you're not somewhat blindsided. And one is, what are some things that stand out that has been a help to you in Sunday school? Okay. Um, what things would you, that you feel weak in and would like taught in Sunday school? Number three, are there specific doctrines, you know, teachings, certain teachings about the Bible that you'd like to understand better? Uh, number four, the material taught from an intellectual standpoint on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being elementary and basic, and 10 being Einstein level, <laughs> where, what number would you give it? And then number five is anything you can su suggest that will improve your Sunday school experience. Um, because Sunday school, you know, it's about teaching. And we really need to learn the Word of God. Um, every one of us, and we need to be growing in that. Uh, many of us learn different ways, uh, and a teacher needs to understand and be able to connect with who he's teaching. His success is not how good of a teacher he is or being put up on, on a pedestal. It's how much is he getting into you to help you to learn more. That's what's important. So at the end of this, we're going to talk about just the Word of God today um, and see how important it is. Some of the stuff you'll, 
you'll know right off the bat. It's, it's simple, it's basic, things you've known, but you might find a few things that are kind of interesting about that. So at the end of our scripture search today of the Word of God, I'm going to give you those questions. You'll have a piece of paper. We are being minimal in our writing utensils, but somebody could get the Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom pen, which is green, red, blue, and black all in one. Remember those when those came out? I don't know. Yeah, pretty cool, huh? All right. There's also some other wonderful writing utensils in there. All right, let's start with a word of prayer. Father, we come before you this morning uh, just with a, a simple message through the scriptures of the word of God. I pray that as we go through these scriptures, we'll understand how important the word of God is and how important it is for us to know it, each of us. And uh, Father, may Sunday school be a rich experience at Eastside Baptist Church. May we do everything we can do to help everyone here to, to learn the Word of God, to know it, to understand it, to be confident in it. It is, it is so needful. And so, Father, we just don't want to go doing the things we've always done and just expect it. Uh, to be the right thing. We want to reach back and find out, you know, how, are, how is Sunday school going? And so, Father, I just pray you'd speak to people's hearts, give them the, the thoughts that will be helpful uh, for the Sunday school. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, another little tidbit. Sunday school, I'm talking to, about adult Sunday school for now. That's what that's going to be over, not necessarily the children there. All right, if you would, let's uh, burn up your Bibles today, and let's first look at Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, and maybe if we get some people to, to read for me. Um, <clears throat> as soon as somebody's got Hebrews 4, 12, just raise your hand. Oh, the fingers and thumbs are, yeah, all right. AJ. Dividing the center of soul, spirit, and of joints, and of the joints, and marrow, is a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. That's an interesting scripture when you, I'll challenge you to, to look back at that and look at the context of where that is in, but it, it kind of stands alone as a, as a scripture we use quite often, but it's talking about rest, I believe, in there in Hebrews and entering into the rest. Um, and this, this scripture just comes out, but what, what we see in here is that the Word of God is a powerful tool of discernment, and it's, it's necessary and it's powerful. All right, let's look at another scripture. Ephesians 6, 17. Ephesians 6, 17. It's like sword drills today. All right. Gabby. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. All right. The Word of God is a weapon 
to be used in Christian battle. It's, it's, it's an offensive weapon. It's the sword. It's the sword of the Spirit, which it says is the Word of God. That's what the Holy Spirit does is teaches us, guides us into all truth. And it's the truth that uh, we need as a weapon in battle, as in Ephesians 6, when we see the whole armor of God there. All right, let's look at a few verses in Revelation chapter 116. And we've got a few verses here because we're going to see. So stay in Revelation. And um, I got 116, 212, and 1915. So uh, who do a 116? Raise your hand. 116 here. 212. Got 212. And who will volunteer for 1915? All right, AJ. All right. Now, Mike Reeder's been talking about uh, the book of Revelation here recently. And um, so these, this is some interesting uh, scriptures. Uh, Revelation 116. <clears throat> and he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as a shining was as the sun shineth in his strength. Okay, in Revelation chapter 1, there's a picture of Christ here. And among other things that's shown in here, it says, out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. What do you think that sharp two-edged sword is? The Word of God. And his countenance was as the sun shining in his strength. There'll be a time of judgment when his word will go out much. Mike has kind of referred to it as, he says, you see all these things in Revelation and you have this big battle, the whole world gathering up about God and he simply speaks and wipes it like, this, like it's nothing. Out of his mouth is a sharp two-edged sword. Revelation 2.12. And to the angel of the church of Burmas write these things, he who has the sharp two-edged sword. Okay. So we have these things, saith he, which hath a sharp sword with two edges. He's speaking to the church, and he's speaking of a warning here. Um, there's a certain fear about the judgment of, of God. Revelation 19.15. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and the wrath of Almighty God. So here we see, out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword. The word of God is to be studied for the purpose of correctly cataloging God's word. Now this is pretty interesting. 2 Timothy 2.15. When you get there, raise your hand. Uh, study to show thyself, approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Okay, so study, um, when you look up the Greek word, it's to use speed, to make effort, to be prompt or earnest, to do diligence, be diligent 
endeavor, labor, study. So the Word of God is not just a, like a simple quick read book or um, little instructions. Oh, it says do this, do this, do this, do this. It's, it's a book to be studied, okay? And it says rightly dividing the Word of Truth. What does that word mean, dividing? Um, now you could come up with a lot of things here, but it's from a Greek word um, that means to make straight, to cut, figuratively to dissect, expound correctly the divine message, rightly divide. You're going to find, this is one of the things that in order to get a grasp of the Word of God, you're really going to have to divide it correctly. It doesn't read like, in one sense there is a complete story, but you kind of got to understand that. You got to understand that there's certain sections or divisions. Um, what I would call dispensations is a word that's used out there that it's divided up, which you really need to understand those things um, before you can like fully understand or grasp the whole word of God. And it's not easy. Um, the Bible is also something, you know, when you take, there's nothing wrong with the scientific method, but when you start with science, you start with a hypothesis, okay? And a good way to study God's word is to take a hypothesis. And this is how you can kind of come to the whole truth. In other words, there's different teachings that you could look at in the Bible. You could say that, um, uh, like eternal security, or that you could lose your salvation. Now, you can find scriptures, okay, that can kind of go around this one. You can kind of find scriptures to go around that one. But when you apply it to the whole Word of God, and it's complete unity, there'll be something that stands out, okay? And you'll be able to put things in right places. And you'll begin to get an encourage and a grasp around the Word of God. Um, there was a, there's a preacher in the past, I'm trying to remember his name, um, but you would, you would well know him, um, a good, good preacher and teacher of the Word of God, who made a statement I read in, in, in reading about uh, something about him, as he said, he never, he had a hard time with the Bible until he understood the dispensations, the dividing of it, which was taught by uh, some of uh, some teachers that he was just so grateful for, he said, and it just everything kind of came together with him. So, studying is is a lot of work. It's a lot of looking at things and balancing things and continually doing things till things all of a sudden become fairly simple. And you know, <laughs> like I've kind of come to the conclusion, and I'm coming to the conclusion that God doesn't need us. That sounds terrible. You know, we all want to be needed. It's not in us. Actually, our flesh is no good. It's His Holy Spirit within us, but He desires us. He wants us, <laughs> which is much greater. 
You know, so a lot of times we'll go through life, you don't study the Word of God, you don't understand some of these principles and feel it and understand it. You can go around trying to do for God to, to do something for Him, you know. Um, and you'll see things like in relationships, when you begin to see the Word of God, you see Christ come on the scene, you see the mystery really of marriage revealed, you see the picture of Christ in the church. You know, the husband and the wife. And now you start thinking around those terms. And, you know, my wife was, you know, she tries to serve me by doing all these things. And I'm like, that's, you know, I don't, you know, she's at a spiritual level where I talk to her about it. I said, but, you know, that's not really a need. I mean, I can get all those things done. I can do those things myself. I could hire that out. You know, I... Love you because I chose you, and there's nothing going to change that. I want you, I desire you. you that's all you need to, to really understand. And when you understand that, you'll give the honor and, and respect. That's, you know, guys do things actually for quite simple little things of just respect and honor of those who you're serving. And, uh, but you see that in Christ, you can apply that. So, what I'm saying is when you study and you, and you begin to gather these principles, all of a sudden you understand God, you enter into his rest. You begin to understand what your position is and you're not fighting to do to serve God. You're just understanding your position and all of a sudden you just want to worship God. You just understand how great he is. And that's where he wants you to be. That's that's what it is and he gives you the power to do the things that you need to do he gives you his holy spirit um, so anyway the word of god is to be studied so we can catalog god's word correctly um, there's a lot of bad doctrine out there because it's not cataloged correctly it take you take this little thing over here and you make a doctrine out of it but it doesn't fit with the whole the whole picture God wants us to search him. You know, David was a man after God's own heart. That's what we should be. All right, the word of God is to be meditated upon daily for success. Joshua 1.8, the book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do all, to do according to all that is written therein. For then shalt thou make thy way prosperous, and then shalt thou have good success. Our success is based on the word of God. And it's daily meditating upon that. And it says to observe to do according to all that is written. Okay, so, you know, what does meditating daily, what is that like? That is, you go through your everyday life and you bounce it against the word of God. You have a communication with God and the Holy Spirit, you begin to see things or you remember things that were told to you. You know, there's a lot of things that will come to you that you understand. There's things that you just don't even understand. And there's some things that you kind of ponder that are sitting out there that God wants, that God will bring back. And at times, God will bring those things back. So it's a constant communication with God, just uh, thinking about his word and how that applies daily, uh, every day. Now, the Word of God is also full, complete, and final. Um, I'm going to do some scriptures here for a while, give you a break. 
Numbers 22.15, and Balak sent yet again princes more and more honorable than they. This is Numbers 22.15 through 18. And they came to Balaam and said to him, Thus saith Balak, the son of Zippor, Let nothing, I pray thee, hinder thee from coming unto me. For I will promote thee unto very great honor, and I will do whatsoever thou sayest, whatsoever thou sayest unto me. Come, therefore, I pray thee, curse me this people. Okay? Balaam wanted to, or Balak <clears throat> was wanting to curse Israel. And Balaam answered and said unto the servants of Balak, If Balak would give me this house full of silver and gold, I cannot go beyond the word of the Lord my God. And listen, to, I like these last few words here. To do less or more. Now the word of God is, the word of God at will, there's, there's nothing that can happen less or more. John 10.34 says, Jesus answered them, Is it is not written in your law? I said, ye are gods. And he's dealing with the Pharisees here. And he's referring to the scriptures in the Old Testament. He says, if he called them gods unto whom the word of God came, and he says, the scripture cannot be broken. Jesus says, there's, everything will be fulfilled in the Old Testament. It can't be broken. It, the word of God cannot be broken. John 10, 34, Jesus answered them, is it not written in your law? I said, you are gods. I just went over that. 1 Peter 1.23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. You're familiar with this verse. By the word of God, which, what? Liveth and abideth, how long? Forever. Beginning to see how important the word of God is. And this lesson is to stir you up to understand, hey, we just... Don't want to come to Sunday school and have Sunday school. We want to, we want to learn. I, I want to understand, get the feedback. Uh, we don't do tests and evaluations like that. Maybe we should, <laughs> you know. Uh, maybe that's a, a, a way of making sure you're, you're understanding everything that's uh, being said. The Word of God is pure, and every word is important. Um, so let me turn to Proverbs 30, verse 5. Who's got that one? John? And somebody takes Psalm 12, 6. Who will do that one? Psalm 12, 6. He's got it. All right. And I want you to look at, we'll look at a couple of words for sure, but go ahead, Proverbs 30, verse 5. <clears throat> Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in Him. Okay, so in this verse here, we see the word of God is pure. It's a shield unto whom? Them that put their trust in Him. Okay? And the word of God doesn't do anything for those who aren't, aren't saved. Psalm 12, 6. The word of the Lord are pure words. As silver tried in the furnace of earth, purified seven times. Pure words. As silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. They're pure. You know, pure is just, it's, it's truth. It's, it's just absolute truth. The wisdom from a God is, is first pure truth. Peaceable, 
gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and of good fruits, without partiality or without hypocrisy. All right. The Word of God is to be the rule in your life, your family, and your church. Now, I'm going to read a scripture here. Um, Jesus is talking in Mark 7.13 to the Pharisees, um, who he's straightening out, but he's basically telling them uh, that they've gotten away from the Word of God. He says, Making the Word of God of none effect through your traditions, which ye have delivered, and many such like things do ye. You know, it is the Word of God that must prevail. In our, in our Constitution, we state the Word of God is final, you know. And that sounds crazy, but and it sounds obvious, but it's so easy to start to build traditions and start to get away from the Word of God. And, and, and the key word here, tradition. There's nothing wrong with tradition. Traditions are good in their place, but they are under the Word of God. Um, you know, there's somewhat of a tradition, I'll just tell you, I'll bring up something about um, the 4th of July and the message. You know, sometimes, you know, because tradition, people like to, it's a holiday and they kind of like to hear that tone or we have a Father's Day or Mother's Day. But you know what? If I missed that altogether and we just looked at the Word of God, there's nothing wrong. We didn't miss a thing. But if we talk all, everything about this tradition... And we missed the Word of God. We missed everything. And so we got to be very careful. Um, we were brought up with traditions. You need to realize, you know, I look at families and, and you see the way they're brought up and you see tendencies. And, you know, my wife, like at Christmas, there's just certain things that it ain't Christmas unless you do this, 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 this you know. And there's nothing wrong with it, but it's tradition. And she understands that. Okay, so the word of God is to be the rule in your life, your family, and your church. Your relationship with God is based on the word of God. Luke 8, 21, and he answered and said unto them, this is <laughs> something Jesus said that sounds like a hard saying. And it, and it was at the time because they're, 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 he's saying, People are coming to him and ask him, saying that, you know, hey, your, your, your family's out here, you know. And he makes a statement. He says, my mother and my brethren are these which hear the word of God and do it. He's talking spiritual. He's talking about something, you know, that's a higher level of relationship than even your family here. Remember, your family is a picture of the true family. It's a picture of the spiritual family. Hey, you know, we might have 100 years or so. But that's it. We're talking eternity. Before we even get to eternity, as Mike was saying, we, 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 there will be a rapture. There will be tribulation, seven years of tribulation. And after that, a thousand years where Christ will reign. Called the millennial kingdom on earth here. A thousand years. You know, so even in that. And then after that, things are taken care of. And we enter into... Eternity and time, so to say, is, is no more. So our relationship, as he says, my mother and my brethren are these which hear the word of God and do it. That's your relationship. 
that's how important it is. That's how you know you're related to God through his word and doing it. That's belief, folks. Belief is not something, uh, it's, the scripture says the, uh, the devils also believe, you know, but they don't believe and do it. They're not under it. True people of God hear the word and do it, apply themselves to it. 1 Thessalonians 2.13, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which he heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. Believers, we know our relationship because that word of God works in us um, and that we know that we are believers. Happiness is knowing and doing the word of God. Luke eleven twenty eight. but he said, Yea, rather blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. All right, let's look at a few verses in, in Acts. Acts 6, 7. John, Acts 12, 24. Let's go to AJ. Now I'm pointing you out. <laughs> and back in the back to the betting house is Acts 19, 20. Acts 6, 7, Acts 12, 24, Acts 19, 20. And if you read the book of Acts, this is, this is kind of the mode of the book of Acts of what happened. The greater the word of God that goes out, the greater the increase of saved people. We're going to see that principle, Acts 6, 7. And the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly. And, great, and a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. All right, Acts 12, 24. But the word of God grew and multiplied. Acts 19, 20. So mildly grew the word of God and prevailed. All right. So what you see is the word of God as it went out early in the church, it was massive. I mean, it was, it was something that massively went out. We're talking Peter with 3,000 later, just a little later, 5,000 believed. These were, were major things that were happening. And the more, and it was all based on, you'll see the word of God, the word of God, the word of God. And what you'll see is they preached the word of God, many people got saved, and then there was a humongous trial and the enemy coming against them. And then you see it go up again, and the enemy coming in, pounding away, and back again. It's just, that's just how it works. But the greater the word that we get out there, the greater increase of saved people. Hey, we need to know the word of God. It's the word of God. You know, I've been thinking, you know, there's some things we just need to tell some people. With the crowd here, I can easily say these things. But I think I can easily say them, and we just need to have this. When somebody comes and says, um, I'm, I'm gay, I'm in a relationship with a, a boy to a boy or a girl to a girl or whatever, I have a, what they'll say is I have a girlfriend and she's a girl, or I have a boyfriend and he's a boy. What they're not, here's the whole thing. I think you just need to be upfront with it. what you're telling me is that you're having sex with them. 
John and I are friends. AJ and I are friends. What they're telling you, and they just, I think they just need to hear that. That's what you're telling me. And it is against God's word. It's easy to remember um, in, the, in the Bible, in Acts, not Acts, um, uh, my mind's failing me, Romans chapter 1. It's just clear as clear can be. I, I'm, I'm not going to be offensive, but we're going to, this is what you're telling me. And you may even need to look him straight in the eye and just say that. Not, you know, we need to know the word of God, where to go with that. It's, it's a, you know, God loves you more to let, than allow you to get in. This is, this is a bad situation. This is a hurtful situation. Nothing against you personally. God loves you. He does not want you to be in that, these are destructive kind of things. The Word of God is also indestructible, cannot be bound. It has preeminence in this world. Second Timothy 2.9 Wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even unto bonds, but the Word of God is not bound. Nobody can harness the Word of God. It's free to do what it does. When it goes out, there's nothing, nobody, not Satan, no, no great power can stop the Word of God. It's not bound. Um, it's kind of like that greased pig, man. You never get a, get a hold of it. It just, it just You just can't, can't get it. Now here's something interesting. God spoke the world into existence with the Word of God. Something from nothing. Hebrews 11.3 Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen now listen to this were not made of things which do appear. You know evolution is an endless cycle of something coming from something. They don't want it coming from nothing from God which they can't understand. It's always something. So we're here, and then we, we came from this, and then we came from that. We came from the soup. We came from the Big Bang, which came from this, and, and they can never get to the end because they're always trying to base it on something. Where I like how it says here, through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God, so the things which are seen were not made of the things which do appear. You see, that's the... That's a big difference. Hebrews 13, 7. And I'm going to end here and I'm going to give you a sheet of paper to look at. It says, Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. And no matter where you go, you can, you can, you can tell when somebody is getting off in the word of God because it says, Consider the end of their conversation. And I'm going to tell you, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. It's the word of God. It hasn't changed. We learn more about it, but you're going to find people who find new things. You better be careful of that. Be around teachers who teach you this is always what's been taught. This is how it has went. I mean, a lot of times I had a situation where 
something came out in the church that I was in, which is a good church, and I went to that pastor, and he was teaching something that just um, didn't, it was against what, whatever I taught. It was like new. And so I went to, before I went to the pastor, I went and checked out with some long-term pastors, which I knew who've been around the Word of God for a long time, and asked them about this teaching. Have they ever heard of that? And it was like, no. And so I went to the pastor whom I love and still love and appreciate and honor. And everybody can make mistakes. I can make mistakes. And addressed him with it because it was bothersome. I uh, felt it was bothersome to my family as well. And then he stopped preaching on that. Uh, nothing else had to be said or done, you know. There was no relationship issues or anything like that. But, you know, <laughs> we need to be careful of what we have. It says, be not carried about with diverse and strange doctrines. For it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace, not with meat, which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. And that's in reference to the, the Hebrews and the sacrifices and things that they were continuing to do. Um, but they were in grace and, and, uh, and serving the Lord Jesus. And so he was going over that and that. So what I want to be sure of is that our teaching is good. So, John, if you would tear out a piece of paper and if anybody needs a utensil, I'm going to give you just a few questions. Be as honest as you can. Don't put your names on them. Not really. Don't. It doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter if you... St- you know, as teachers, preachers, or anybody who's in front of people, they need to be able to not be offended. You know, to me, it's important that you learn, um, that we study. That uh, So even if you said, you know, I like all the teachers, but Pastor Brinker, I just don't think he's a very good teacher. And I know you wouldn't be like me about But, you know, if that's the truth, that's the truth. Um, I need to get out of the way then, you know. Um, so try to be as helpful as you can. And I know you'll be as respectful as you can. But the truth, wisdom of God is first pure. Pure. It needs to be truthful. You can't around it. So... Here's those questions. Number one, what are some things that stand out that has been a help to you in Sunday school? What's the good things? Anything that particularly sticks out that you like? And you might just put number one um, and abbreviate it. What do you like? Number two, what things do you feel weak in and would like taught in Sunday school, like some weak areas of the Bible? That's question number two. Question number three, are there specific doctrines that maybe you're hung up on? Just, uh, you know, I would like to know a little more about this doctrine. It could be the doctrine of eternal security, the doctrine of uh, baptisms, the doctrine of the end times, whatever. Number four, from an intellectual standpoint, in other words, Sometimes teachers can get way above their students, and I've been there, 
and you zone out. You know, you just get, ah, just, you, it just turns against you and you don't learn much. Or sometimes it's just so elementary, you fall asleep. I mean, everybody knows this. So from one to 10 um, on question number four, give me your idea where you think that is. is are we teaching at the, the right level? Five would be right in the middle, but say you say it's mostly five, but sometimes it's above my head and you want to say five to six, or you say, eh, you know, a lot of it's basic, you know, but it's pretty much there, four to five, however you want to, to do it. And then number five, anything you can suggest that will improve your Sunday school experience. Remember, we just went over the Word of God, how important this is. And we need to be growing in our knowledge of the Word of God. All right, so on the message there, I'll give you about five minutes to uh, jot some things down. And then um, you can just give those to me when you fold them up or whatever and give them to me, get a chance.